Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Learn to Love podcast, your guide to everything love, sex, intimacy, and relationships. Each week, your host, Zach Beach, interviews new experts on love, including couples therapists, relationship coaches, sex educators, and best-selling authors. Learn the best tips and cutting-edge wisdom to better love yourself, others, and the world. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Learn to Love podcast, everyone. I am your host, Zach Beach, and I'm here with the incredible relationship and romance expert, Alicia Davon. Hello, Alicia, and welcome to the show. Hi, Zach. Nice to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about building exceptional relationships. And for those that don't know, Alicia Davon, along with her husband, Irwan Davon, has become the go-to expert for those seeking a higher level of relationship support. Over two decades, the Davons have successfully taught over 12,000 singles and couples how to have exceptional relationships. She and Erwan offer all of their coaching classes online and support students all over the world. Alicia graduated with a master's in the field of integral psychology from John F. Kennedy University with a focus in women's romantic and sexual expression. Prior to teaching the pleasure course with Iran, Alicia was a facilitator of women's groups devoted to female libido, pleasure, fulfillment in all aspects from career to relationship. How are you today, Alicia? <laughs> I'm doing great. So thanks so much for coming on. I'm so curious about this incredible work that you do in the world. And today we're going to be talking about having exceptional relationships. But I have to ask if you think our expectations around relationships are too high already. I think people have this idea of the fairy tale, true love story that all they have to do is just find the perfect person and they'll fall madly in love for the rest of their life. But real love sometimes involves what some would call work or arguments and conflict, challenging emotions. And some do become disillusioned or disappointed that it's not just unending bliss all the time. So what do you think? Do you think our expectations around romantic relationships are too high? Well, that's an interesting question. I think having um, an expectation that it's just going to magically work out. Yes, you're kind of in a fantasy world. But I also think that, you know, a vision for a really incredible, mind-blowing relationship life is really great. And you just want to know what it takes to have that and be willing to do that. And some people might call it work. Um, I certainly call it work sometimes, but it's more like being willing to put yourself into it 100%, both people in lots of ways, which we can talk about the specific ways. But if you're really willing to go full tilt, then it works. It's kind of like anything in life. So I'm curious what that it is. You said you have to be willing to put yourself into it 100%. Is that the relationship? Is that the necessary work? What do we have to have that willingness for? Yeah. Well, putting yourself into the relationship, but that means putting everything into yourself, into learning about yourself, uncovering why you do the things that you do, learning skills to deliberately increase 
chemistry and passion in the relationship, learning how to pay attention to another person, communication. You know, there's just a lot of skills and there's um, lifestyle habits and self-inquiry and all sorts of things that we've, Erwan and I both, over the last 25 years have learned really help relationships succeed. So the it is like all of those things, being willing to do what it takes to have it be great. So I love that you've already gotten into some of the things you want to think about in order to build successful relationships, including working on our intention, our self-inquiry. And I have my own list of questions around this. And what many people in the podcast industry know is often we get like a one sheet with different questions that guests want to be asked. And one of the questions was, what's the secret to a successful love life? And I'm like, well... First of all, is there a big secret that we should all know? And then do you want to tell us? Because it wouldn't be a secret anymore if you do. (laughs) (laughs) That word secret gets our attention, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, I'm not interested in keeping it a secret. Um, And it's really what what we were talking about before, which is going into it 100%, you know, really doing what it'll take to have the relationship work out. That is the secret. It's like a willingness and putting your heart into it. And, you know, you can't just kind of stand on the edge of a cliff and be like, yes, world, I put my heart into it and then do nothing, right? I mean, creating change or having things happen in your life that you want, for example, you know, really rocking romantic relationship life, you know, whether you're single or whether you're already in a relationship, the first step is really having that goal, you know, verbalizing your vision of, of, it doesn't have to be a fancy vision. It could just be, yeah, you know, I want to have a really beautiful, mind-blowing, passionate, romantic relationship. And then the next step is deciding that it's worth it, putting your heart into it. I'm going to do what it takes. And then thirdly is, well, implementing it, you know, where the rubber meets the road. And what does your calendar look like when you open it up? Are you spending time doing the things that'll nurture the relationship? Do you have support and mentorship? Is this, you know, so there's a lot of pieces to it, but I would say that's the secret going for it. It's so true. You know, both people have to bring that level of presence and desire to work in the relationship. I know many therapists, counselors, coaches who in that first initial session with the couple, they ask that big question, like, are you both in this right now? Or is one of you already have your foot out the door? Like, is one of you already planning your exit strategy? Because if one person's already planning on leaving and like not willing to put in the necessary effort to make the relationship last, it's not really going to work. So one of the things I was reading that you teach is this idea of the eternal date. So along with secret, which piqued my interest, also this word eternal really piqued my interest too. And I was wondering if you could tell our listeners about this concept of the eternal date. Yes. So the eternal date is our version of what some people might call a soulmate relationship or their long-term committed relationship, their life partner, you know, whatever it is. We call it the eternal date. It's the thriving version of it. And it's a relationship that reaches higher and higher peaks of intimacy and sexual attraction over time, as well as a sense of union. You know, sometimes we'll call it spiritual union. Some people like that. Some people aren't so into that, but just a sense of really being unified at a deep level with the person. 
So that's what, that's the, you could say that's the goal of a lot of people that come to work with us is to learn how to develop the kind of relationship that increases over time in intimacy and attraction and the the connection. So I'm thinking about some first dates, you know, that I've gone on and how they tend to be pretty like innocuous or like mini golfing or axe throwing or just meeting at a cafe. And <laughs> just <laughs> axe throwing, whatever. <laughs> you know, and doing that forever doesn't sound the most fun. So, <laughs> so when you do mention like what is this what does this look like in a relationship because the idea of higher and higher peaks of intimacy sexual attraction and sense of union sounds pretty awesome so what does that look like in practice well the way that we teach this right because we love ideas and things that sound good but it's kind of like okay what does this look like really so i'll 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 lay it out in two different ways and i'll kind of pause between them just so you can ask me questions so our method called the Davon Method has five parts. And if you address the five parts really deeply, you have the ingredients for an an eternal date. So the first part of our method is we call it, they all start with C, we call it consciousness. Consciousness of what? Of your relationship patterns, your unconscious habits in relationship. We all as human beings, because of our experiences growing up and with our parents and with teachers and friends. And sometimes we have really difficult experiences. We're kind of imprinted from the culture and things that we're taught. We're imprinted with certain beliefs about ourselves and about life and about partners, right? And we kind of unknowingly carry that into our relationship life. You know, let's say I'll give you an example. You know, a girl grows up and she, her parents split up and you know, she stays with her mom and her mom's always talking about what a loser her dad is. And, you know, that, that little girl is being imprinted with, well, men suck or you can't trust men or something. And then if, if that gets carried forward unconsciously, she's either going to kind of have that attitude towards men and not really be able to connect with them well, or she's going to look for someone that kind of reminds her of how her dad was and he left and whatever that is. It could be vice versa with the mom, you know, and the girl stays with the dad. It can be anything, but we carry these especially difficult experiences forward into our relationships. We don't need to get rid of those, but to bring light to those, to realize, oh, how am I walking around? You know, am I walking around feeling like something's wrong with me? I can't trust people. I have to look like this. You know, you want to bring awareness to that. So you're not being driven by that unconsciously but you can actually be free to live beyond that. So that's like psychological work, you know, and that's kind of, that's a lot of what our our teaching includes actually, because we all need it. You know, I mean, people come to us and they're like, I want, you know, like a rocking love life and a great sex life and amazing extended orgasms and everything. And yes, we deliver all that stuff, but you know, you really need to get in touch with who you are and what you feel and what you're bringing to the situation. So, So that's the first piece. Second piece we call contact. So that's making contact with your deepest self beyond these patterns, beyond your mind. You know, some people call it their their soul or they call it their spirit or a religious name or whatever it is that kind of connects us to whatever's larger and deeper in ourselves. 
So once you've gotten a really good sense of like, oh, wow, this is my patterning. Okay. I'm aware of it now. And I'm connected to myself. It, it provides a really nice foundation and then you can learn. And then the third C is chemistry. So that's masculine, feminine dynamics. And this could be with two women or two men or a man and a woman learning how to have polarity, learning how to turn the other person on, you know, men and women communicate very differently, learning about how to really communicate so the other person can hear you and connect with them. So there's a lot in there and that unlocks the chemistry. So many couples find themselves, you know, months and years into their relationships and they're kind of like, okay, we're living together. We're kind of ships passing in the night. We are roommates, but where is the chemistry? You can deliberately create it. So there's a lot of details on that, but that's the third piece. The fourth piece we call choreography, which is dancing through the stages of relationships successfully. So we teach a bunch of different relationship skills, like everything from communication to learning how to commit and like really bring yourself forward and flirting and seduction and all, all sorts of things. You guys, when you're in a relationship, want to have these skills. It's like a roadmap. We're usually not taught these things growing up. So there's a set of skills. And then finally, the, the fifth part is cultivation of your sexual potential. So actually learning how to give and receive pleasure, learn how to have orgasm and orgasmic sensation throughout your whole body. You know, some people feel like they've never had orgasm or they have challenges with it or some people like are fine. They have orgasms and they like them, you know, but they want to have more. Um, so sexual skills. So that's essentially, those are the areas that you'd want to explore leading to an eternal date. So you preface that with saying that you teach it two different ways and these five parts, is that the first way? Yes. The, the five parts of the method is the first way I wanted to kind of cool. illustrate what you might think about addressing if you want to have that kind of romantic relationship. So I'll make a little mental note that there's a second way that we'll get into. <laughs> and I'll just summarize these five parts. We have consciousness, primarily of our relationship patterns, being aware of them, contact with our deepest self, creating chemistry, choreography, dancing through the stages of relationships successfully, and then cultivation of sexual potential. And let's back up just a little bit and because I'm curious where these ideas come from. For example, I know you've been teaching it for a long time, but how did these, how did these ideas develop and what insights brought you to these five factors? So experience mostly. So a little bit, I'll back up though, about our backgrounds. You know, mostly I'll share about my backgrounds. This is me here talking to you, but Erwan founded our organization 30 years ago. And before that, he had gotten a degree in psychology. He had uh, recovered or was in the process of recovering from a <laughs> terrible childhood. You know, so many crazy stories, you know, but he's all the better for it, which is really awesome. He lived in a Zen monastery for an extended period of time and was the director of a yoga ashram. So he has a really deep kind of rooted sense of spirit and being. And then he taught for a worldwide transformational seminar organization and also taught for another organization that was learning all about sensuality and orgasm. So all of that to say that was his training before he founded our organization. And he saw like, oh, 
you know, this, these are the different elements that are really important in having a romantic relationship that gets better over time. I met Erwan when I was finishing up my master's program. You mentioned this earlier. I was studying psychology. I was training to be a therapist. I had done a bunch of my own therapy. So I ended up not uh, getting the, the going the therapy route because I I met Erwan in the middle of my program, right? And I was like, whoa, I remember, you know, I convinced him to let me visit a pleasure course, which is one of the courses that we now teach together. I'm like, can I come see what you do? And I was like, okay, this is the ultimate, you know, it wasn't sitting in, you know, therapy is great. You know, Erwan and I have been in and out of therapy. It's amazing, but it was very different than sitting in a room kind of 50 minutes once a week. That's it. There's benefits to that, but this was like a workshop in his living room where he lived in this big house and all these people. And we were talking about sex and romance with sophistication, as well as doing the deep work of inquiry. And I'm like, this is so my jam. So when I finished my master's degree, I joined him in his organization. So all of that experience has gone into this method that we've created. Plus we've been together for 20 years and we're married and we have a child. So there's a lot that we've learned and we continue to learn about what it takes to have, you know, to prioritize the romantic life and keep it going well versus kind of the drift or the default of like, all right, we're married. Now it's boring, you know, (laughs) or like the chemistry has gone and we can't get it back. So I'll become complacent or I'll argue about it or I'll cheat or I'll leave, right? Those are not your only options. Yeah, it's a really lovely integration of both science and spirit, right? You both have this really lovely integral psychological background as well as that deep connection to something greater through things like yoga and Zen. And because it almost seems like your work is so connected to your own relationship, I'm curious about the developing of these skills that we are talking about because many skills we like develop and then they become second nature, right? Like if you're learning to play the piano, learn the scale, da, 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 da. and then later you don't have to go back there at all. You just improvise and create music. Do you find it's more like that? It's become second nature? Or do you also, like in your relationship, find yourself going back to the basics? <laughs> like, okay, let's we'll go back to square one. Where's our choreography right now, for example? We are always on the court and learning and growing. And I'll give you some examples. You know, because sometimes people come to us and they're like, wow, you, you know, it's not like, oh, we're perfect or we're, we're magical or we're immune to whatever. No, it's that we're practicing. You know, if you opened up our calendar, you would see, you know, we have four practices that we train all of our students in and we recommend doing those practices to help to have a successful relationship life. And the four practices are meditation, psychological inquiry, which is a way of really kind of exploring your own inner experience in the presence of someone else, body practice and sensual practice. And if you open up our calendars, like you would see those practices in there. You know, we have at 9.15 every morning, you know, week weekday mornings and sometimes on the weekends, sensual practice, our pleasure time. You know, it's our time to, you know, be together and we do psychological inquiry with each other three days a week and then on our own meditation and body practice and stuff. But I guess my point is we're always going back to basics and 
sometimes you get thrown off, you know, life happens. I mean, I remember when we had our son, who's now five and a half <laughs> leading up to having him, we're like, oh yeah, you know, we got this. This is just, we know what to do because we've coached so many couples through this transition. And then our son came and we were like, oh my God, I did not realize I was going to be that exhausted or that irritable or that, you know, my hormones were all over the place. And we were like, not connecting that well. And it was becoming kind of an issue. And, you know, of course, right when you have a baby, everything's about the baby, right? But as time goes by, you really want to continue to integrate all these intimacy practices. But luckily we had our scales, you know, we had our basics and we had something to go back to and integrate into our, our new life. So that's so interesting. These four practices you mentioned, meditation, inquiry, body practice, and sensual practice. And I think it's very interesting you separated the body from sensuality. So tell us about that distinction. What does a body practice look like and what does a sensual practice look like? So when I think of a body practice, I it sort of um, does not need to be exercise, but it's kind of more in that realm. I would not say um, you're kind of running on a treadmill for two hours staring at your phone. That's fine if you do that. It's good to get exercise. But it's more like finding ways of moving your body. This These days we're so in our heads and our screens and devices and we can be very disembodied. So a body practice could look like running on a treadmill if you're really feeling every step and, and in your body. It could look like yoga. It could look like, um, I really love our, we have a rowing machine in our garage that I insisted we get like 10 years ago. And Erwan said, Alicia, you're going to use it for two months and then it's going to gather dust. So I'm out to prove him wrong. I use it every day, <laughs> you know, but the, the mo- it's such a pleasurable motion, you know, roll of rowing and the rhythm, or maybe your body practice could just be walking out your back door and feeling your feet in the grass. You know, you just anything that gets you into your body. Sensual practice is focused on your sensual, sexual energy and feeling that, enjoying it, maybe increasing it. And it doesn't have to be sex or intercourse. We have designed a set of sensual touching practices. There's about 12 of them. And they range from like totally non-sexual. You know, if you're with a partner, one person's laying down and one person's sitting up and has their heart, their hand over their partner's heart and abdomen, and you're just kind of breathing and it's deep touch and kind of goes along a spectrum and can get more sensual and it can kind of culminate in, in genital stroking and it doesn't have to. And, you know, for singles, we have sensuality exercises they can do to really get in touch with their sensual, sexual selves. And it's useful, like if you're in a relationship and you want to have more sexual contact, but it's kind of been on the way by the wayside, gone by the wayside for a while. Sometimes you're not ready to just jump in and have crazy intercourse, right? Like somebody's like, I'm tired from work or we haven't connected in a bunch of time. There's stepping stones these sensual practices. So that's the difference between the two. So these are four practices for what would you say? For presence and for chemistry in relationship, connection and chemistry in relationship. I love it. So we have our four practices for connection and chemistry, and then our five parts to the eternal date. And I feel like we could go into any of the five parts. The one I'm feeling most drawn 
two is the choreography piece because I do think love is this really beautiful dance that we get to experience with another human being. And you mentioned it's not just um, at one point in the relationship, but dancing through the different stages of relationship. So tell our listeners a little bit more about what that looks like. So remember when I said there's kind of two ways to approach the eternal date and one of them was the five parts of the method? The second part is these relationship stages. So we're definitely on the same wavelength here (laughs) (laughs) of what you're wanting to know about. So the the choreography is basically a... um, We've created the stages of relationship and the skills that make each stage successful. It's kind of like a roadmap. Nobody really gave us a roadmap or maybe they gave us an unconscious, unintentional roadmap, right? Like we go into sex ed in fifth grade. And of course, that's very important to don't get pregnant accidentally and don't get STDs and right. But they kind of leave it at that. And we end up kind of scared of like, okay, sex must just be this bad thing. So the stages of relationship are a roadmap. I'll just lay them out for you here because I think they'll be useful and very concrete. So the way to get into the stages of relationship. So let's say you're single, you are maybe friends with somebody, but you're not romantic, but you'd like to be, or you meet somebody new out. You want to have flirting and seduction skills down. And there's a lot of pieces to that. You know, sometimes, um, and some people hate the word seduction, you know, it sounds manipulative or something. So if you don't like that word, don't worry, just flirting. Okay. So you want to get from like non-romantic to romantic. Flirting is a really great skill. Some people get kind of scared about flirting. They feel awkward or they're not sure where to start. So where you want to start first is getting centered within yourself, whether that means just feeling your feet on the floor, or maybe you meditate before you go out to this house party, or you're there at the bar and you go to the bathroom for two minutes and just, okay, here I am, cute girl or cute guy at the bar. I'm going to go talk to them. Then you want to start by just socializing, right? You don't want to go right in and be like, Hey, can I buy you a drink, you know, or something, or, Hey, you want to go out? You don't know where the person's at and you're at risk of getting your heart broken right there being kind of an awkward situation. So that's why people avoid approaching people. So you just kind of like, Hey, what's up? Cheers. Hey, you know, you're kind of testing the waters a little bit. See if they're receptive to interacting with you. You've invested barely anything and you've given them a chance to kind of give you a signal to continue, then you can just chat about something in the environment, you know, like, how do you know Joe? And oh yeah, Joe's my coworker. And you just kind of get into conversation. And then little by little with micro gestures, you can, you can turn up the flirting. You know, if you're a woman, you know, you, maybe you just kind of make eyes at him a little bit. I'm, I'm talking man-woman relationships here. This can get mapped on to same-sex relationships as well. So the feminine person could you know, just make eyes at the person or touch them on the, oh, that's so funny. And you touch them on the arm and you make a little physical contact and see how they respond. It's like little micro gestures increasing in intensity over time. So I'll stop there about the flirting because that's like a whole topic in and of itself. Um, We'll have to do another episode on flirting 101. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot, you know, and especially 
these times, people uh, who are single and they're dealing with online dating um, or meeting people online, I like to say, and then going to date them in person, there's a lot to deal with. And sometimes people can get a little uh, frustrated, understandably. So there's ways to make it more effective. So let's say you're, you're dating the person, right? This is the first stage of relationship. Oh, and before I go on, people that are in relationship that are listening now, don't tune this out because these skills I'm about to talk about are usually ones you've lost in the relationship once you're later on in the relationship. So you want to have these skills all the time. So you're dating. Erwan and I like to call that new and exciting. It kind of has a fun, light vibe. The skills that you want to learn are fun, first of all, like how to have fun and be light. You know, on the first date, you don't necessarily want to be talking about politics or like your mom's heart surgery or your trauma, you know, from a child. It's not like you need to be inauthentic, but you just want to know how to have fun and kind of get to know the person. Turning the person on is another really good skill. So like knowing, oh, I think I'll take my date not to a, I keep mentioning politics, you know, I'm not going to take her to or him to a political lecture or a movie that's like charged about war. Erwan used to take me to a sushi place where we used to live in the mission in San Francisco called Blowfish Sushi. It's since closed, but it had like red velvet walls and Japanese anime on screens and cool lighting. And like the sushi rolls were like strawberry avocado. You know, it was a turn on, it was sensual, it was fun. So you want to pay attention to that. And then you also want to pay attention to the desire of the feminine person. You know, if that's the woman, often a guy will say, hey, where do you want to go eat? And the woman will be like, oh, I don't know, you choose, or I don't care. No, it's good to stoke that feminine appetite and see what she wants and then take her somewhere that's going to really make her happy. That's also a total other topic we could get into, masculine, feminine dynamics. Okay. Then, we got more stages we got to get to. <laughs> this is the first one, dating, right? That's the first one. The second one, it has a different vibe. You know, it's usually called, I don't know, it used to be called going steady or this person's your boyfriend or girlfriend, or you're kind of really checking each other out, you know, for long term. We like to call that best friends and lovers. The vibe of it is more kind of like vulnerability. You know, you're really seeing each other more deeply. So you want to learn good communication skills, learning to be honest and loving. You want to learn how to design your lifestyle and your schedule to have time and space for the relationship, which tends to drop away. And you want to learn uh, some sexual skills, sex education. You wouldn't need to learn those as much in the beginning stage because things are typically novel and there's kind of free turn on and excitement. But as that starts to wane, you can learn skills to increase the chemistry. And then the third stage is the eternal date, right? That's usually uh, people are like, yeah. Now comes back. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? It's like, you know, people call it soulmate relationship or sometimes marriage or long-term or whatever. The thriving version is an eternal date. So the skills that are important include commitment, like really being able to go for it all in. People have a tricky relationship with commitment sometimes learning to cherish your partner and really bring appreciation over time. 
And then honing your sexual skills to a a level of expertise so that through life and all the things that happen in life, you can really be counted on to bring back those skills, like the basics. So you keep that at the forefront. So those, I mean, if we had another hour, I could go way more deeply into them, but those are the types of skills that we support people in so that they have them to have their relationships thrive. So we have these three stages of the relationship. You know, the first one is the dating, the attraction, the flirting stage. And then you kind of move into the romantic, deepening connection, deepening vulnerability stage, and then the eternal date. And it's interesting to me because I feel like the dating could be like a few months and then the romance could be like a few years. And then the eternal date is the rest of your life. So 40, 50, 60 more years. So are we just done with those earlier stages? No, you, you're not done if you want to have the kind of relationship that thrives over time. The skills that I mentioned are all cumulative. Most couples kind of lose them, right? It's like you get really into the long term and then you get focused on the kids and the house and the jobs and health and whatever, and we get distracted. And I'm not saying those aren't good good times. Those are great things to have in relationship. But if you want to have that spark and the chemistry, then you want to bring you know, the flirting and the sex skills and the paying attention to your time and space for the relationship and communication and so forth. You want them all. I love all of your, I'll call them bullet points, <laughs> or your sections. So we have our four practices for connection and chemistry, five parts the, to the eternal date, three stages of relationship. And I'm like, any, what else? Anything else you have in your little toolbox? <laughs> yeah, well, there's tons of stuff within those, you know? So I think that's a really good summary the different, you could call them modules or, or pieces that we bring into our courses and coaching. Yeah, modules is I bet better, I think. You know, earlier we talked about the secret to a successful love life. And I'm curious if there's similarly a secret to a successful sex life as well. <laughs> well, if we're talking man-woman relationship, the secret is her clitoris. Oh, <laughs> there you have it, folks. <laughs> All right, tell me more. I'm curious. <laughs> well, again, this is a whole other subject matter, but, and I don't know how I'm not going to get raunchy graphic, but, you know, the clitoris is a pretty graphic thing to say. So I'm assuming that's okay. Yes. Yeah. So the clitoris is the pleasure center of a woman's body. And it has more nerve endings than any other body part of a man or a woman put together. And it's, it, it gets the most ignored, you know? I mean, if you imagine just for a moment as a man in a sex act, your whole genital area is just ignored, right? No, that would never happen, right? That's not okay. <laughs> That's kind of what a woman's clitoris is. And One of our our signature sensual practice that we train people in if they want that is called extended orgasm. So we, when people want to learn it, you know, we train people in a clitoral stroking technique that it's like the biggest leverage point in a romantic relationship between a man and a woman. Women love sensual attention the way they want it. 
and as much as they want it. So if you become a master of the clitoris, you got a happy woman. <laughs> if you become master of the clitoris, you will have a happy woman. I love that. But it also kind of leads me <laughs> into... It's fantastic. It leads me into how much of this work is individual and how much of this work is in relationships. Because I have heard, you know, some sex educator might say, like, somebody can't make you orgasm, for example, right? And help getting in touch with your own bodies is really important to figure out what you want, what you like, so that you know how to ask for it, so that you know how to communicate with your partner. What are, what are the things that you do like and enjoy. I'm also thinking about the practices that we talked earlier, one of them being meditation, for example, which also seems like a solitary activity. And one of the five parts was also consciousness and connecting to our own patterns, right? So, you know, how much of this path towards exceptional relationships is personal work and how much of it is done together? It is, even when a couple comes to work with us, I mean, our work is for both singles and couples. When a couple comes to work with us, it's it's a lot of personal work and inquiry. And when a woman wants to learn, you know, she wants her, her partner to learn how to pleasure her and she, or she might as a, a single woman want to learn to have more pleasure sensually, for example, there's a lot of sensual practices that we recommend for, for people individually, you know, men and women, because you really, you want to know yourself and you want to be able to recognize whatever barriers you might have to communicating or feeling your body. A lot of us have those and be able to move through them so you can really connect with someone. Because another part that it reminds me of is this connection with our deepest self, right? And I'm, in, I'm again kind of wondering, does that happen individually or, or can that happen in relationship? Because on the one hand, I do think we do need to get in touch with larger, deeper, perhaps higher aspects of our being. But on the other hand, I think people and relationships are really wonderful mirrors, right? Oftentimes our partner sees the good in us um, that we aren't able to see. And I wouldn't mind if you could tie this into what that contact with that deepest self does look like. Like what are some practices that uh, you recommend and teach in this module? So the contact with your deeper self, ultimately it, it, it happens within you. And when both people are in a relationship or even if two people who are dating, you know, are authentically both interested in making contact with their deeper selves together, that can be a really great support mirror and also allows you to tap into that oneness that we are beyond two people, two bodies, two minds. So it's a really beautiful way to connect with yourself and with somebody else. And the main practice that we recommend and take our students through is meditation. Body-focused meditation is how we teach it. We have a weekly uh, core kind of class called Mastery of Relationship. And we start every session with a guided meditation and we, we lead people through feeling their bodies. You know, maybe sometimes it'll be if the topic that night in the class is around Tantra or Tantric energy, we might lead people through a breath exercise that's circulating their sexual energy. Other times it's feeling into their hearts or it's just a full body meditation. So that's our basic practice, although it can look kind of different depending on what we're focusing on that night. So combining this idea of 
our deepest self with some other things that you've mentioned. As we're winding down, I wouldn't mind getting a little metaphysical in terms of thinking about who we who we truly are or who we might be beyond our physical bodies. Um, you mentioned energy. Sometimes people say that love is our true nature. You've also m- mentioned, I think you used the term soulmate earlier, right? So this potential of us being souls that we are meeting again in this life. So, you know, to you, <laughs> who are we? You know, what is our fundamental nature? That is a great question. And it's almost hard to put it into words because then it almost seems limited in a way. But when I feel into that now, what comes to me is love and space and everything and nothing at the same time. Yeah, you might know that Serena Sargadatta quote that wisdom tells me I'm nothing, love tells me I'm everything, and between the two, my life flows. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that's great. So thank you so much, Alicia, for coming on to the show. And I do have to ask you the question I love to ask all of my guests, which is, what do you wish everyone knew about love? That they are love, that they are, and there's there's no scarcity of it. That's what I want people to know. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Alicia Devon, for coming on to the show. And for our listeners who want to learn more about you, how can they find you? So the best way to get in touch for those of you that are listening and you think you might want to learn more about enhancing your love life and your sex life and learning some of these skills, I'm offering a free love life consultation. So it's some one-on-one time over Zoom and I can hear all about your love life and what your goals and challenges are. And you know, if it looks like Erwan and I can support you, I'll lay out the different ways we work with people, you know, which include group group work and individual and weekend intensives and all sorts of stuff. So the way to set that up is to either text our school and Zach, I'll make sure you have all of this for the show notes, but the number is 415-308-9580. That's 415-308-9580. I'll also give you a link. People can click if they prefer to contact us that way. You can also find us on Instagram. We're at Davon Method and our website is pleasurecourse.com. Wonderful. Well, feel free. You can text Alicia directly with the number that she just (laughs) gave and it'll be in the show notes too. So don't worry. So thank you, Alicia Devon, for coming on to the show and sharing us all your lovely wisdom. I hope our listeners remember all the things that we talked about, including the five parts to an eternal date, consciousness, contact, chemistry, choreography, and cultivation of sexual potential. We hope you remember the four practices for connection and chemistry, including meditation, inquiry, body practice, and sensual practice. And that fourth piece of the eternal date, choreography, is dancing through the stages of relationship from dating to romance to the eternal date. If you want to learn... Nice job, <laughs> Thank you. I was taking notes. <laughs> Go steady. <laughs> and if you want to learn more about any of those things, be sure to look up Alicia and Erwan Davon. And if you want to learn more about me, you can head to zachbeach.com and learn more about the show at theheartcenter.com. Thanks again, Alicia. 
You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Learn to Love podcast. To learn more about the show and your host, head over to ZachBeach.com or TheHeartCenter.com. You can also follow Zach on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 